Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. You know, this show has a mission. You heard me get part of the mission statement to help you keep more of what you make. And you expect guidance, advice, and information from me that you can put to work in your wallet each and every day, which is also another promise of mine. But what if you feel I'm not living up to my goals and my promises? That's why we have Clark Stinks. It's at Clark.com. You can go post and tell me where you feel I'm wrong on advice I'm giving, my opinion is out of line, whatever it is that you feel I disappointed you. And then our producer, Krista, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. What's up first, Krista? Mike from Wisconsin is up first, and he says, Hey, Clark, don't fool yourself. The technocrats and large freight carriers will eliminate the human element in over-the-road trucks as soon as they can get away with it, meaning when they have sufficiently lobbied and manipulated the regulatory environment to do so. Then we'll be left with quote-unquote smart trucks to add to your smart panacea fleet of autonomous vehicles. My three million accident-free miles and 25 years of devotion in sales and account management will be a quaint little anachronism. The question is, will the drone trucks listen to Clark Howard? Maybe Clark Howard will be replaced by a drone so as to better relate and identify with the drone listeners? People are not drones, Clark. People need their jobs and careers for a sense of purpose and self-respect as much as economic viability. Higher pay and benefits to retain competent truckers, a trucker is more, much more than, worth much more than a driver, is the best way of ensuring safety on the road. Your drones will have little use for saving more and spending less. I appreciate the sentiment of that completely. And I was giving someone a tour the other day of the TV station that I uh, do my TV segments from. And I was showing a control room for their local newscast, and the control room used to have 24 seats in there. Now the newscast is put on with three people because of automation. The cameras that, when I started in TV, had a camera operator at each camera, now are all operated by robotics. But at the same time, employment in TV, both in TV news and in TV production overall has gone way up. What happens so often is throughout, I mean, you go back through history for a few hundred years, is the nature of work continually changes. And what we now refer to as robotics or automation, those things are just more advanced versions of the change that has occurred over the years. It is true that the nature of work is going to change in so many ways, but it's not a net subtraction because there's always new additions 
when those subtractions take place. This is a little self-serving because the title is Krista Was Right, Clark Stinks. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Way back in the day, Krista warned us about this and Clark made fun of her, but she persisted. Well, and then there's a headline. Yes, cops are now opening iPhones with dead people's fingerprints. And a quote from the article, it was now relatively it is now relatively common for fingerprints of the deceased to be depressed on the scanner of Apple iPhones. Krista for the win, Clark for the stink. The issues that are emerging about our privacy have so many different layers to them and so many different facets that I don't know where to start. And I remember we had a Clark Stinks uh, several years ago when there was a car that was stolen with somebody's finger. This, Sorry to tell you this, but the criminals cut off the person's finger to be able to steal their car that was operated by fingerprint. Do you At least remember? it wasn't operated by iris scanning. Yes, I remember. Yeah, and so that generated a Clark stink uh, maybe five years ago was yeah. when that Minority happened. Report is the movie, everyone. It predicted all of this <laughs> and more. Okay, whenever people ask Clark about gifting money to friends and relatives, he mentions that they should just give up to now $15,000 per year so they don't have to pay taxes. I think this might not be smelly, but lacking in some important information. As I am currently in a situation where I would receive an $80,000 gift to pay off student loans, I did some research and found out that there is a $5 million gift exception. So even if I were to receive $80,000 in taxes, the gift tax would not apply until the $5 million is reached. Clark never mentions this, but I'm pretty sure that most of us normal earthlings will never gift $5 million in a lifetime. Cheers, BGS. BGS, generally, uh, and it's great you have a loved one that's going to wipe out your student loans. The gift tax issues are not for you as the recipient, therefore the giver. And the exclusions at time of death have been raised significantly for now. And there are any of a number of ways that someone can gift larger sums without ever worrying about tax issues. One is to give someone a note that you forgive 15000 from each year. And then in your will, if you die before that note is paid off, that the entire remaining balance is forgiven at that time. So there are so many ways to do this. But if someone just gives BGS uh, 80000 in one year, what happens to that person? So the person who gives it, it, it counts against their estate when they pass away. Got it. No snails in the mail. Please note that only hardworking people work for the Postal Service. Snails are not able to tolerate the working conditions, especially winters, and are prone to leaving slime on letters. For less than 50 cents, a letter can travel from one coast to the other, including Hawaii, Alaska, and, well, you get the drift. In this instant gratification world, mail is mail and a great value for the money. Please refrain from calling it snail mail. Thanks. Appreciate those sentiments. And one of the most effective techniques now to stand out is to write somebody a handwritten note, put that stamp on it, and mail it. If you're a job applicant, doing that versus an email has enormous impact. In so many things in life, if you'll go against the modern grain and send a real thank you note or letter, it's very impactful where just an email you compose and send, no matter how eloquent that email is, it will not have the impact of that letter you mail. 
I hear you saying it's okay to drink tap water. I hear you saying this is what you drink. I don't hear you saying that you filter your tap water. Stink, stink. I will keep listening, but you really let me down. Best regards, Charlie A1. My wife insists in our house that we drink filtered water. We have those pitchers, and we pour tap water into it and then drink filtered water. Here at the studio, I drink uh, 60 to 80 ounces per day, and I'm drinking filtered water here. In fact, we had to turn the uh, water fountain off because it had contamination issues at the water fountain. It was not from our municipal system. It was a problem with the pipes in our building, and that one had to be turned off. And so I do drink the filtered water here as well. Has Clark gone soft? Yes. Back in 2008, when I first started listening to Clark, we both drove a Scion XB. Fast forward 10 years to 2018, and I'm still driving the Scion XB, but Clark is now driving a Tesla. You can buy seven Scions for the price of the Tesla. What next? Will Clark be carrying an overpriced iPhone X and using a 30-blade razor? I miss my Scion XB so, so much. I had that Scion XB for eight years, and my wife thought it was a rolling tin can that I was going to kill all of us in. It smelled like smoke, too, whoever you bought it from. Well, I bought it. It was a repossession. I bought a a repo, (laughs) (laughs) and the person had it a very short period of time, and uh, they apparently liked to have like a cigarette factory going on in the vehicle. But I loved that Scion XB, the original one that was the toaster on wheels, and I was so sad. I've never done this before. When I sold that car, I had one of my children take my picture standing next to the car because I missed it and ached for it from that day forward. The Tesla is 100% out of character for me, and the reason is I am such a believer that there's enormous benefits for us as a country if we get with the electric vehicle thing. And Tesla, uh, who knows what their long-term future is, but Tesla has changed the conversation, changed the equation, and the car is just plain fun. A, A significant percentage of Tesla drivers have never bought an expensive car before in their lives, but there's this special thing about it. And yes... It makes me a hypocrite having one. Every article I've read on your site about Social Security incorrectly states that benefits are reduced 8% per year for each year that you take it early. That percentage is incorrect. If you delay your benefits from full retirement to age 70, they increase at a rate of 8% per year for those born in 1943 or later. However, the reduced benefit percentage is a variable amount and they link to something from Social Security's website. I hope that future articles on your site will not have the incorrect information in the future. Thank you, and you are completely factually correct that each year you delay gets you 8% more benefit, but uh, if you think about the math, it works differently if you think about how much you give up if you take it a year earlier because of the way mathematics plays out. But the purpose of... Social Security giving a greater benefit waiting each year is not to give you more total benefit over your life. The purpose of waiting to take it and getting a larger check is that 
in early retirement, people tend to have less uh, financial need than they do later in life, and you get a larger benefit from the get-go waiting to take that Social Security to as late as 70. Your COLA adjustments, cost of living adjustments over the years are based on where you started, and it will give you much more robust monthly income for the rest of your life. If you wait till age 70 and croak the day after you start taking it, then uh, you're not happy with me looking down from up above. But mathematically, it gives you more financial security, especially in your 80s. I appreciate all your posts. If you feel that I've missed the mark, I'm misleading, I'm just wrong, please go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and let me know how I can serve you better. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Jesse joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jesse. How are you doing? Hey, Clark. Doing good. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly, Jesse. How can I be of service to you today? Uh, so I'm a firefighter, and if all goes as planned, I'm going to retire in 20 years at 50 years old. All right. Well, first of all, i got to say something to you. Okay. You're a tough dude to be a firefighter. Appreciate it. Do you know twice I've done, I'm a TV reporter, and twice I've done stories at a fire training center, Mm -hmm. and I don't have the guts to do what you do. Well, I don't have the speaking ability to do what you do. Well, yeah, but you save people's lives. I remember being in uh, a building on fire at the training center, and how hot it was you know i was in one of those uh suits protective suits yeah Yeah. but it does not protect you from the intensity of the heat or that amazing amount of smoke and so you and your fellow firefighters are brave men and women to go into that kind of thing thank you i appreciate it well jesse um, so you said 20 years left you retire at age 50 Right. And all goes as planned. All right. And my employer offers a 457 with no match, but I do contribute 10% of my income to that. Um, that is on top of a pension plan, um, 67% after a full 30 years. My question to you is, should I contribute to a, a low-cost Roth IRA? Instead of the 457. Yes. Even though I won't be able to collect until nine and a half years into retirement? Well, that's actually not true. Um, So the way the rules work on a Roth, it's a misunderstood thing. So let's say over the next 20 years, you contribute to a Roth and you contribute the equivalent amount as you're putting in the 457. The maximum you can put in under current law is 5,500 a year. Okay. How does that relate to what you're putting in the 457 plan? Uh, it's about a thousand more than what I'm putting in. 
Okay, so you don't have to put the 5,500. It's just the most you can put in. So let's say you put in 4,500 a year into the Roth IRA. You let that grow through the years. Hit age 50, you're retired. If you need to draw on some of that money in retirement uh, to supplement the two-thirds of the pay you're getting from your pension, Mm -hmm. then you are allowed to withdraw your contributions at that point with no penalty, no tax, nothing. Only your earnings that you have over the next 20 years have to be left in the plan for the Roth IRA. Gotcha. So it is a superior choice you're considering because most 457 plans will have a higher cost basis than a Roth IRA with a low-cost provider. Yeah. Because I listen to you, I did my homework, and yes, it's five times more than a low-cost IRA. Is it really? It's over 1% a year? It's 0.75% is their expense ratio. Oh, 0.75. Yeah, you can yes, sir. easily beat the 0.75. Yeah. And what I'm looking into is 0.15. So isn't that great? So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You're a smart man, Jesse, doing that. And the young firefighters coming in, as much as you can encourage them to save money beyond what the pension is going to provide, you are doing them an enormous service. And by the way, you do a great service every day with what you do for a living anyway. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I want to talk about some pre-planning that is a ghoulish subject that a lot of people don't want to think about. We are all going to die someday. No, that's a disappointment to hear, but it's all going to happen to all of us. So I've got a, a task for you. I want you to think about what you have and who you love. Because I want you to think about what you want to have happen to things and what you want to have happen to you at the time you pass away. Because the more you have the uncomfortable conversation with people who don't want to discuss your death someday, the better you're preparing them for that. And plus, there are lots of things that, to, that you should prepare. If you don't have anything and just owe everybody money, well, nothing much to do. But most of us have something somewhere. And I want to talk through when having a will becomes necessary. If you have young kids, you need a will. Because the will determines who raises those kids. A will is not necessary often if you don't have young kids and have no assets. But a will is necessary to see to the safety and future of your children. 
Because otherwise, I know it's crazy, but your state is going to decide what happens to your kids. You want that? No, you don't. As far as your assets, if you have, let's say you don't have a lot of stuff, but you have a bank account, you have a retirement account, whatever, you may not necessarily need a will because you can designate beneficiaries in those accounts that determine where that money goes. Now, I want to bring up something about this long lifespan we live that a majority of us will, how do I say this in a positive way? Well, a majority of us will, at the end of our lives, will not be with who we were with earlier in our lives. And so we may later in our lives do a will and we say, I want everything to go to blah, blah, blah. Well, what happens, and it happens a lot, need to tell you, is that you have forgotten about an account you had, a mutual fund account, a retirement account, or whatever, that you designated as your beneficiary, your ex. And guess what? Even though in your will you said those things were going to go to your current spouse or whatever, those things are going to go to your ex because the beneficiary designation in an account trumps what you put in a will. So think about those things, particularly if your life has been an interesting mosaic of different people, different relationships, maybe more than one marriage. Think that through as part of what you do. And please be really clear with people what it is you want to have happen at the end of your life. Make sure, even though people don't want to have the conversation, at least put it in writing and tell them where they can find it. What you want to have happen if you want to be buried, you want to be cremated, you want your ashes scattered at so-and-so beach, whatever it is you want, don't make people try to be mind readers and guessers. Let them know up front. Kathleen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, how are you? Great. Thank you, Kathleen. You got a question for me about saving some money. Well, my daughter, who is only 15, gets an uh, annuity or allotment or she gets money. Okay. Almost $1,000 a month. And I've been putting it into a savings account, which is just with a bank. But I heard you tell me that 1.5, 1.6, if I could do it on a lot, on online banking. Yeah, now the rates are up uh, like 1.75 is oh, where God things God. have headed. 1.8, let's see, I'm looking. There's a survey bank rate does. Here's 1.76, 1.85, 1.8. So the rates are steadily going up, and they're going to go over 2% soon on simple savings accounts, where traditional banks, are, most of them are paying a fraction of 1%, a very low fraction of 1%. So who do I pick? Well, here's the issue. You're going to have to call because a lot of them will not do custodial accounts. Because you, you were the uh, custodian yeah. for benefit of your minor child. 
correct. So in that case, Kathleen, you have to do something. I know this sounds so antiquated, but if you'll go to bankrate.com and click on savings rates, you'll see this list of savings accounts and money market accounts. And uh, a lot of them have toll-free numbers by them. Just call those numbers like uh, the internet didn't exist and ask if they accept custodial savings accounts. Custodial. And some will and some won't. Start with the highest interest rate you see on the list, obviously, and work your way from there. Because if they'll do a custodial account, that's fantastic for you. Okay. And my concern is, is that once that money is in her account, then can it be depleted for any reason, like a 401k? Because that's what I did just recently. Yeah, you can, you can spend the money as you wish for her benefit. So just as you would with any other uh, FDIC-insured bank account, just like where it is right now, what you, t- what you do with these online accounts is you link it to the checking account that you use for the benefit of your child, and the money moves typically in uh, less than two days. Oh, God bless. Thank you. So it's a really easy way for you to boost what you can earn. The only difficulty in your part is a lot of them will not be bothered with the custodial thing. Okay, but it, it won't reduce. Like if, I, if she was in a stock market then it'll turn around and deplete because of the stock market. I don't want to do that. Yeah, so a savings account cannot lose money. It can only okay. grow. Clark, you're the best. Well, thank, you, thank so you. You're kind to say that, and I hope I didn't send you on a wild goose chase that you find somebody pretty quickly that will do the custodial account for you, Kathleen. Jonathan joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, Clark. How you doing, Jonathan? doing great. Jonathan, you have a classic dilemma. Tell me about it. Yes, um, I got a 401k plan that I took a loan out on. And um, so I got a, a question. I only got like 30000 in debt. And I have a small business that's uh, for rental. And I have an LLC on that. But um, I got a little over 20000 left owing on my mortgage. And I got a little over nine thousand on a full K loan, and I was just wondering, um, the extra money that I'm saving now, should I put it on my house, save my house off, or put it on the four hundred one K loan? Put it on the four hundred one K loan. Okay. Yeah, get rid of that because uh, um, your your house you said you owe twenty grand on, is that right? Yes, sir. And you said the remaining balance of the four hundred one K loan is nine. Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Nine thousand, a little over nine thousand. And you have enough to wipe that out. Uh, yes, sir. Wipe it out. Just be okay. done with that four hundred one k loan. On the Did mortgage on your house, what kind of interest rate does it have? Three point five. No rush. No rush. There's no. Rush. no there's no. Uh, nothing that says, "Hey, I got to hurry and pay off a three point five percent loan." Should I stop, stop investing, like uh, remodeling, remodeling the other rental house right now and pay that off? Or No, uh, no, definitely not. Leave the mortgage in place. You're paying as agreed. You're paying an extremely low interest rate on it. 
uh, putting the work into improving your rental property hopefully will pay off with uh, either better quality tenants or higher rent or both. And so I would not feel like there would be, there's no return really on investment paying off a 3.5% mortgage. But there's a potential very good return on investment improving that rental property. Okay. And it sounds right. like your finances are in really great shape. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, you have this rental thing. property. You've got a house you're living in. Two different properties, right? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, and and you have almost no debt at all. I think I you're doing played, really well. The only I thing I would ask you... What's that? I think I got to play catch-up on four one. Oh, my 401k. Well, um, how did you know I was going to guilt you about that next? <laughs> I don't know. Just, I guess this is a, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so you pay off the 401k loan, and you start doing a decent contribution to that again. Again, that would be a much higher priority than prepaying it all on your mortgage. You got okay. such a good deal going with that mortgage. No rush at all on it. But that 401k loan, bam, pay that thing off now. Tammy's with us. And Tammy, I'd like to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. You want to talk more about 401ks. Yes. Um, we're doing our taxes, and there was a disagreement in our family whether or not to do a Roth or a non-Roth. I've done Roth for years, and my husband's like, no, 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 we need to switch from the Roth 401k to the non-Roth 401k. So we're trying to figure out what's the cutoff. Like so what what's the level? most important rule in a family, in a married couple? <laughs> well, you know, you want to get along. <laughs> no, no. No, wait, wait, wait. The most important rule is your wife is always right. You're right here. <laughs> but let's see if you really are right. So what I look at is a couple of factors. Tax rates now are likely the lowest they're going to be in the rest of our lifetime. Because, you know, nobody's really paying atten attention to this, but we have a $22 trillion federal deficit cumulative, and we're running gigantic federal budget deficits each year. So we are in a position that we're going to almost certainly have higher tax brackets in the future. So being in a case where you would pay... Um, you're really paying additional tax in the future by getting the tax benefit up front now only makes sense if your combined family income is above 315000 a year. So I'm right. I thought I was. <laughs> and by the way, it's not even close. The Roth is hands down a better choice if your family income combined is below 165000 a year. Okay. And for okay. any family, which is actually, I'm about to hit the tax bracket of most families, if family income is below 80000 a year, it is 100% more to your benefit to do a Roth 401k than a traditional 401k. There's shades of gray beyond that income level, but I still believe that it's very much to any couple's advantage 
to do Roth 401k instead of traditional at incomes up to 300 and something thousand, about 315. Thank you so much. So how are you going to tell your husband, see, honey, I told you I was right. <laughs> I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. He didn't notice. I've been doing it for years, and he just looked at the taxes like, wait, you do this? He forgot. He's forgetting. So, you know, so he's just... doing traditional. You're doing Roth? Um, he was self-employed. So oh. he... Is he putting yeah. aside money for retirement? We put most of it in mine, but... Right. Now, he has... How many employees does he have? Himself. That's it. All right, there's a great thing he can do called a self-employed or solo 401k. Okay. And it provides him enormous flexibility to put money aside because it'd be good if you each had your own retirement pile. Okay. And all my ultra-cheap, low-cost companies offer these self-employed 401ks on my investment guide. He also, if that's more work than he wants to get involved in, he can do something called a SEP, a Simplified Employee Pension, that is a half page of paperwork one time, and he can put from nothing in in a year to huge amounts of money, depending on how his year has gone. And so he's got ways that he can participate as well. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com, and producer Joel asks it for you. Who you got one from, Joel? Clark William wrote in. He says, when freezing your credit, the first thing the agency asks for is your social security number, and I'm afraid to provide it. I have not frozen my credit because of this. Should I? The credit bureaus track you completely by your social security number. It is, as much as we hate that it's become this, Social security number is the national identity number. And so the only way to freeze your credit is to give them your social security number. And then as long as your information validates online, your credit will be frozen in just minutes once you get that process started. So don't be afraid of that. They already have your social security number. All right, and Jeff Roding said, Clark, recently you were on the Bill Handel Show and you mentioned an app or apps that you subscribe to that alerts you of upcoming airline deals. Please let me know what they are. So they're not apps. They're, um, they're like newsletters, newsletter alerts that you get by email. And they, as soon as a deal pops up, they notify you. My favorite is one called scottscheapflights.com, scottscheapflights.com. The guy who, there is an actual Scott, his name is Scott Kyes, and I don't think he ever sleeps because he finds all these obscure deals that when you see one, you buy it immediately. The other one is called nextvacay.com, and they're both subscription services, and uh, Scott has one that's a basic version, and then he has a premium Next vacay is, I think, $29 a year. And they if you're somebody who wants to go where the deal is, you can't beat finding these alerts. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free nine hours a day if you go to clark.com and go down the home screen you'll see a section 
consumer help and tools, click on Consumer Action Center and you can get that free off-the-air advice.